Welcome to the People Analytics and Future Work Podcast with Al Adamson. Hi, this is Al Adamson, founder and executive director of the Talent Strategy Institute. And I'm here today with Philip Arkel, uh, CEO and founder of Worklytics. Phil, you there? Hey, Al, how you doing? Great to be here. Hey, uh, thanks for joining me. And, you know, you and I connected uh, last year and I, I was wowed by you know, what you're doing and, and your approach. So if you don't mind uh, sharing with the audience a little bit about you and uh, what you're doing there at Worklytics. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks very much. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, so Worklytics is a real-time people analytics platform. We focus on analyzing productivity data from common cloud-based tools. And when I say that, I mean things like Google Apps, uh, Microsoft Office, Slack, Jira, GitHub, tools that typical teams use on a day-to-day basis to get their work done. And what we're trying to do is use that data to analyze the employee experience and help companies create a better employee experience. It doesn't matter if you have the best talent, if you're able to attract the best talent in the world, if you're not creating a great experience and work environment for your employees, you're not going to see the results. You're not going to see great productivity um, or or engaged employees. And so how can you use data to figure out what it's like to be working in a team inside of a company and how that compares across various companies and what impact that has on the results at the end of the day? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that you've heard me say is yeah, the beginning of wisdom is calling things by their right names. And there's a lot of talk about employee experience. There's a lot of talk about people analytics that uh, arguably these are not well defined. And so what is the employee experience to you uh, in particular? What, what does that you know, look like? Yeah, I, I, I think uh when thinking about that question, we think about you know, what, is, what is the employee life cycle? At what point are they in, in their life cycle? And how does that impact their experience on a day-to-day, on a day-to-day basis? So uh, if you're an employee that's inboarding, uh, that's onboarding inside of a company, what is that onboarding experience like? What, are you getting the mentoring that you need to ramp up quickly into your, uh, into your position? Do you have regular contact with your manager? And are you getting tied into the team and figuring out figuring out what's happened? So, you know, what is that experience like at that point in your life cycle? And is it is it conducive to you ramping up, being as effective as possible, and enjoying the work that you're doing? Um, right. Yeah. With that in mind, you know, we've talked and. Yeah, I heard you say something to the effect in, in uh, Philadelphia in particular last year that if we have better visibility into how we're spending our time, then you know, we can, number one, manage that time better and be aware of what um, is not uh, optimal given the uh, goals that we have. So I know part of your value proposition is not only around creating a great experience, but it's related to actually focusing on the right work so people can be productive as well. Is that an accurate you know, summary? And if you can talk a little bit about how Worklytics gets at that. Yeah, that, 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 that's correct. I think today with all of the distractions from, uh, from things like mobile phones and notifications and a lot, of, a lot of those types of tools coming into the workplace in terms of 
collaboration and productivity tools like Slack and instant messaging, email, and calendar, there's a lot more disruption in the day-to-day life of an employee. And particularly if you're a knowledge worker and you're working on complicated, deep problems where you need time to focus, you need time to understand uh, understand what's going on, those distractions and, and, and those various, uh, various interactions with people throughout the day can have a significant impact on what your work experience is like and whether you're able to be productive and deliver on what you're on what you're trying to do. So what we do is we we capture the full uh, the, the full sort of flow of work for each employee across a variety of different tools. So we look at calendar to get a sense of who are they meeting with and how they're meeting. We look at uh, a Slack or a messaging tool to see how they're connected from a messaging perspective in the company. But then we also look at productivity tools uh, like GitHub. So if they're a developer and they're writing code, how much of their time are they spending writing code versus collaborating with the team? And what is the trade-off between, uh, between those two? The same thing for uh, Microsoft Office and sharing documents and working on other productive work. So if you get that I think what we really specialize in is that that cross-sectional broad view across all of the different types of digital work and how your effort and energy is spread uh, across across those different tasks and what that means about how effective you are, how much how well you're able to deliver and, and whether you're satisfied and engaged in the work that you're doing. Yeah, and yeah, I just uh, I get excited when I hear you talk about this. Uh, I'll just own that up front uh, because my background, uh, where I started in the people analytics place, is what I call uh, people analytics 1.0, which is effectively research and experimentation to understand certain dynamics within uh, a workforce. And what I hear you saying is that you can effectively generate insight on an ongoing basis, what I've termed people analytics 3.0, where it, it's like going back to uh, my Ernst and Young days, you know, we used to do activity-based costing, activity-based management, and you know, understand a certain dynamic at a point in time, then we deliver a deliverable and in turn action would be taken. Uh, now, this insight is being generated ongoing through your tool and it's providing value not only to leaders, but to individuals themselves. Is that a you know, again, an accurate summary of how you're thinking about your worklytics and the value it adds? Yeah, that, that's it. I mean, I, I think as individuals, we're, we're not always cognizant of how we're spending our time and, and what we're investing in. We're so in the flow of the work that we're doing. It's hard at the end of the week to really figure out, you know, where, where were you investing time? What were you actually, what were you actually doing? And things like an activity analysis which used to be done relatively manually, which would track uh, a team. Essentially, in many cases, involved an individual sitting with a team of people and writing down the different things that they were doing, where they were spending time, how they were interacting between, between themselves to do an analysis to show that team, look, this is where you're investing. This is where, uh, these are the things that make sense. Um, but potentially, you're spending too much time in meetings, too much time on organization, and, and not enough time on the types of work that uh, that help you solve problems or, 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 or deliver results. So that's a very valuable analysis, and I think it's been valuable for for a long time. 
but what's changed is that through the use of digital tools, there's a lot more data on those interactions and that work and how that time's being allocated. And so to the point where it's possible to automatically capture where people are investing their time, how they are collaborating as they invest their time, uh, and generate reports that can push out insights in real time. So on a weekly basis, as, as you're sort of spending time within your team, getting insights that help you figure out where you could have allocated your, your energy in better ways to become more productive and get more out of your, uh, get more out of your time. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Um, so I understand you have some examples and you want to share one. Uh, can you, you jump into that if you don't mind? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think this is a great example uh, of, of a, a project that we recently worked on with an ad tech company because it kind of touches on both, both aspects of, of, of what I think are outcomes of a great employee experience. And the one is uh, you know, highly productive and effective organizations that deliver on goals and achieve results. And the second is uh, an environment that's great to work in, that people are really engaged in and, and that they love. And, and this use case really uh, encompasses both of those uh, both of those examples. So we were approached by an ad tech company based in the U.S., uh, around 600 employees, and they were having two issues primarily. So the first is that uh, their their product development and engineering organization was con consistently delivering late and uh, buggy uh, buggy product buggy work and, and of lo work of low quality and and so that was a big concern inside the organization the sales team was incredibly dependent on product delivery times they were making promises to customers they weren't being able to follow through on those promises to their customers so it was really impacting the business and they came to us quite concerned about that issue. At the same time, they were having increasing turnover inside of the uh, inside of the engineering team. People were leaving and they had the sense that they were burning out. It's a highly uh, highly engaged and uh, uh, a hard working organization. So you know, people people fight to get jobs there and they work very long hours. They're really engaged in the work that they're doing. And so there was this concern that, well, are people working too hard? Are they burning out because they're working too hard? Um, and so we went in and we plugged in a, a broad range of their tools from collaboration communication tools to the actual project management. Uh, so they were using something called JIRA, which is a ticket management system, and GitHub uh, code repository to analyze a broad cross-section of, of how they were spending time and what they were doing. Uh, and the first thing we did was we looked at the product organization, engineering organization, which is around 100 employees, and we did something we call an in-out in analysis. And essentially, what that looks like, what that looks at, is how much of that team's time is spent on internal work, so collaborating with team members and, and getting things done inside of the team, versus with the rest of the organization with how much time is being spent outside of the team with customers or with the sales team or other, or other parts of the org. Essentially, how, how focused are they uh, on their team level work and their team level interaction? And what we found was that they were spending uh, uh, almost 60% of their time 
working with people outside of the team in the rest of wow. the organization, which is incredibly high for a team of engineers or, or knowledge uh, or knowledge workers, and immediately was a red flag, uh, a red flag sure. for us. So, so we dug deeper and to try to figure out, you know, what what was the reason for that? And they're a very sales driven or sales driven organization, uh, very close to the customer, and uh, and a very competitive market. And the, the result of that was that the sales and customer success teams that are customer facing, a customer facing part of the organization, were coming to the engineering team on a very regular basis to try to get insights and feature requests and requirements that they could sell on to the customer. And that, and, and that interaction came in the form of meetings, it came in the form of shared documents, uh, in the form of chat messages, sent ad hoc throughout the process, throughout the, the day of those employees. And it was having significant impact um, on that part of the team. So we dug into what that looked like. Um, we looked at uh, a, a, what a day in the life of an employee on one of those teams was like, uh, one of those engineers. And we found that although the employees were working very long hours, an average of 10 hours a day, they were only able to focus for about four or five of those hours. The wow. rest of the time was allocated to meetings, to email, to chat, and to working on, on documents and, and, and other types of work directly with the sales team, directly with this, ex, this external entity inside of the organization. And so they were under a lot of pressure to deliver, but they were being interrupted a lot, uh, and that was having a significant impact on their ability to deliver and was, I think, causing frustration inside of, uh, inside of the team. So we were able to show that and show aggregated metrics for the amount of time that they have to focus and get work done uh, relative to the amount of time they're disrupted. Uh, and they use that as a metric to track, uh, track whether uh, that was a significant issue across each of the different teams uh, inside of the organization. And then we, we provided them with a series of recommendations to slowly start to increase that focus time. And these are things like uh, ensuring that there's a single point of contact between the, each engineering team and the sales organization. So a single person that buffers that communication. They implemented a tool that helped track and prioritize the communication between the sales organization and engineering. And all of those types of things help significantly boost the amount of focus time and decrease the interruptions. And so they, they, they were able to deliver a lot more easily, get a lot more done. And we saw over a period of six months to a year, significant improvement in the results inside of the organization, delivering less buggy work and, 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 uh, uh, and work that was on time and, 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 and under budget. Um, and the other really interesting thing was that as that started to happen, their churn rate, their employee turnover rate started to drop. So part of what was causing, I think, the employee turnover rate was this frustration with having very hard deadlines, uh, being, being in a high pressure environment, but not being able to deliver, not having the time and the focus uh, and the focus and the ability to, to, get, to get what they were set out to do and to deliver that in time. And so they were working to the point of burnout, incredibly long hours, but 
not seeing the result of that that hard work because uh, because it was just too difficult to get enough uh, enough time to focus and, and, and get it done. Uh, and so I think it's yeah. a, a great example of how the employee experience on a day-to-day basis that in this example was relatively chaotic, how it influenced both the productivity of the team as well as the engagement, what it was like to work there, whether people are happy and enjoying their, their day-to-day life uh, and where analytics can have a real impact. Yeah, as I... As you're sharing this, and thank you for that you know, fantastic example, because I think many uh, in a variety of industries are, are struggling with just that, uh, and some are struggling with it consciously, and some are struggling unconsciously, and they don't know the underlying you know, reasons, and people are thrown work, and they're just expected to figure it out, um, and that's arguably not fair uh, or humane at, at the end of the day. And uh, I'm also reminded how uh, closely we're aligned philosophically uh, because you know, I shamelessly say that I'm in this work to improve people's lives. And and I think two of uh, Stephen Rice's work, uh, former CHRO at Juniper Networks, now at the Bill and Linda Gates Foundation, and he talks about uh, four C's, uh, capability, uh, capacity, contribution, and connection. And you know, going back to the notion of you know, beginning uh, of wisdom is calling things by their right names. You know, as I unpack what you shared, you're getting right into all those things. You're getting at you know what is someone's capacity to do work. You know, aka focus. You know, who are they connected with? What are they being asked to contribute? And obviously, the skills, the capability to actually deliver on that. So, yeah, I'm just wondering out loud. You know, as you're growing your business, you know, who's your customer? You know, who is this resonating with? Is this you know something that yeah, CHROs and heads of talent are, are jumping at? Is it people in operations? Uh, is it finance? Is it all of the above? Because yeah, I see a very practical application of this thing we call people analytics in, in, in your case. So I'm just, you know, who's grabbing onto it? Who's getting excited about it? Yeah, I think that really differs from, from company to company. It's a good, it's a, it's a good question. Um, and it, really depends on I think how involved the the CHRO or or HRBP is in the business result and the 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 day-to-day work and the experience at the team level inside of the organization and so I think if you have a an HR team that's potentially a little bit more traditional and a little bit less tied into the organization this is outside of their, this may be outside of their gamut, but the trend we're seeing is HR teams becoming a lot more involved in the core results of the organization and the work and product and productivity and outcomes of that. Um, and so those types of teams, uh, uh, we work with them to deploy these tools and push, push out the insights directly to the team level. But really the value here is at the individual contributor level or the manager of a team of individual contributors. So we we often sell directly to the business, to someone like a chief technical officer or a CIO uh, or or a chief operations officer who are directly responsible for teams of people and results within those teams. And so we've seen a range of things. I think as 
as the HR function matures and the, the, the role of HR grows within organizations that are forward thinking about HR's role, uh, it'll be more and more HR that, we'll sell, that we sell this to. But, but today it's a mix of the two and, and definitely a lot of it is directly to the business, to the teams that are doing the, uh, the productive work on the day-to-day basis. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's you know accurate at least from my perspective. And uh, of course, yeah, I'm, I'm picking up on your point that you know it's it HR doesn't tackle this challenge. Somebody else will, and in many cases, uh, you know, operations and, and finance and IT are, are are doing this work, or at least thinking about doing this work. So hopefully, uh, progressive HR organizations are. Uh, putting this on their priority list and, and, and going to tackle it in a systematic way. Because historically, again, these, this type of work has been done on an event-driven basis, not on an ongoing sustainable basis. So even if a change is made, um, does it actually drive the outcomes that you hope? If you don't measure it, you know, you don't know. And you know, as things happen, as t- there's turnover in teams and restructurings in organizations, you know, there can and should be a way to measure the effectiveness of of those changes. So what I'm hearing is that that's what your tool facilitates. Is is that accurate as well? Yeah, I think that's, that's a a really good point. And it's, you know, one of the things that is a huge benefit of this type of analysis using data that's already there. So the data is already there as the work is being done. It's, it's sitting inside of your organization, sitting inside of your systems, and, and previously, you would have to do an analysis, make a change to, to structure or process inside of the company, and then to really measure the results of that, you'd have to maybe do an analysis in a year's time or six or six months' time. But because each analysis is so expensive, it was very manual, difficult to do, people, I think, a lot of the time didn't sort of track that progression, didn't track the results of, of the changes that they're made. The fact that this information, this data is already there, that it's available for free, that you can analyze it directly and on a continual basis, completely changes that. It means that you right. can detect an issue, take action, and immediately start to see the results. What are the results a week later, a month later, three, four, five, six months later, after you made that change, and should you make adjustments again to the decision that you previously made uh, in case the change hasn't really had an impact and isn't ha- or isn't having the desired, uh, the desired impact? So I do think this type of real-time, this is why we talk a lot about real-time data. Uh, it's it, it, it having a fundamental change in what organizations can do in terms of making decisions and then tracking the uh, the direct impact of those decisions as they start to permeate through an organization. So I think that's a fundamental point. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and thank you for sharing that. And I I couldn't agree more because, you know, these data are assets of the organization and not many people regard that. I mean, it's seen in articles and so forth, but how do you actually bring that asset to life and garner value out of it? And that's what I see uh, you all doing. Uh, Philip, you don't lack passion about this. And we just jumped into your product and, and, and what it does and, and just uh, the, the core uh, concept of employee experience. But you know, tell us a little bit about you. I mean, how did you get in the, this space? Obviously, there's something that uh, 
resonates with you uh, emotionally about the value that you're bringing to the world. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think I, ca- I come from a less traditional background. Um, Is there such a thing as a traditional background in our space? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I think you're. I think it's a good point. But uh, yeah, so my my background actually, you know, it wasn't in HR. It was in uh, in management. So I uh, my background's in technology. I've worked in a variety of uh, growing startup, growing successful startup, uh, in in roles like product, engineering, design, and uh, one of my sort of uh, sort of the key moments that really drove this uh, this need and need to, to to help create better teams better organizations was uh, I was working at a startup and uh, called 20 which is a very successful uh, social network Spanish social network that grew incredibly quickly and we started scaling the team uh, very very quickly we took on funding we started adding people and we got to a point where you know there were tens of people arriving every month new faces in the organization and and i was only 20 23 24 had never managed before didn't really know what i was doing uh hadn't hadn't uh you know hadn't ever managed more than two or three people and suddenly found myself managing uh, an organization of uh or collectively with other people of over a hundred uh a hundred people a technical engineering organization and uh, didn't really know what to do and had to look at examples of companies like uh, like Facebook and Google who were scaling at a similar uh, scaling at a similar speed and putting in the right processes and uh, uh, and, and culture and messaging to ensure that uh, the people were engaged that they were working on the right things that they're focused that they're getting more done and so I had a real sort of hands-on experience on what it's like inside of a company like that, scaling very, very quickly. Um, and we were a technology company, so we were using a lot of data, a lot of different tools uh, uh, to, to manage projects and work and communication. Um, and I think a lot of you know, the use of tools started in the technology space, obviously. Um, and so we, we had a lot of data on what was going on inside of the company. And as we started to add layers of management uh, into the organization, and it became more and more opaque, Harder to understand what was going on several level several levels uh, into the organization. You have to rely more and more on managers throughout the organization to do a good job motivating their teams, keeping them focused. Um, and uh, it, it, it was frustrating at that point to, to 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 deal with that lack of visibility and, and that lack of uh, lack of control over that um, expanding organization. And so we started to look at how we could use data to answer some of those typical questions, to pick up if teams were on track to succeed, if they might be having, uh, if they might be having issues, uh, to pick them up early on before, before they sort of became big problems and, and really, caused, uh, really caused an issue inside of, inside of the organization or team. And I, and, and I think those early experiments just showed the power of, that data had uh, to, 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 to pick up those types of uh, those types of issues and uh, and what the advantage of being able to take action early on and then track the progress and the results of that action um, over time and really had a lot of ex- experience doing that and uh, and so yeah we uh, after leaving that company I just thought 
you know, wouldn't it be great if, you know, if every organization could have access to that type of technology, that type of, that type of platform and Google, Google and Labs of Bark have done fantastic work in building their internal platform and tools for doing analysis on their employees and, and, and work inside of the organization, how to build better teams and uh, particularly in, man- in the space of management, what makes a great manager. Um, but how does every company get access to that same technology, those, that, that same power uh, at the data level? I think that's, that's the real opportunity and that's what we're, we're passionate about. How can, we, uh, how can we help put that power in any organization's, mind, uh, any organization's hands so that you know, they can use data to create a better, use, a better employee experience, a greater place to work, place that people really enjoy and can be productive in. Well, outstanding for just uh, my money. I, I'm glad you uh, made the shift and uh, are doing what you do. Uh, it's uh, it's refreshing and exciting that someone, uh, and you must have said focus four or five times, uh, if not more, you know, during our, our time together. And uh, I think it's an underappreciated uh, construct that is healthy, that drives engagement, as you cited, better productivity, better retention. It's, uh, it's not something that is top of mind in terms of the language that's used out there. Um, but, you know, I think it's a, a really healthy um, approach. So any uh, closing comments uh, from you and how can people learn more about you and Worklytics? Yeah, so I, I think just, just in closing, I mean, I, I think I, I, I'm, we're, we're very excited about the fact that um, a lot of companies are starting to think about empl- the employee experience. What's it, you know, what is it like um, on a day-to-day basis at, at the various points in the life cycle for an employee? Uh, and I think data is a great tool to try to understand what that's like at scale in a large uh, in a large enterprise, um, and uh, and so you know we're really excited about the opportunity to do that and the real impact that that can have on, on an organization. And so we're you know we're, we're very interested in, uh, in in helping companies figure that out, figure out what their experience is like, compare that to other organizations. And so if you want to find out more about this, go to our website, which is worklytics.co. Uh, or contact us directly at info at workletics.co or hit us up on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. We have profiles on all of those pages. Uh, you're welcome to contact us. We'd love to chat. We'd love to tell you what we've learned looking at data and how teams work in various organizations. Um, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Philip, uh, again, thank you for sharing. Congratulations on what you've achieved, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks thanks so much, Al. Thanks for the opportunity. Great, great chatting and and, uh, all the best. To you as well. Cheers. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining the People Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. To find other podcasts, videos, upcoming events, and to join the Global People Analytics Network, please visit us at globalpeopleanalytics.net.